Now, back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Well, howdy, friends. We are talking water, water, water this week on the Frontier Freedom Hour. That's because water is really gold in the state of Colorado. As I said, there's an old saying that whiskey's for drinking, water's for fighting in the state. You know, I like a good cowboy wisdom proverbs. Here's one for you with, that has to do with water. You can lead a horse to water, but if you can teach him to roll over and float on his back, then you really got something. <laughs> a little uh, little Western wisdom, cowboy wisdom for you. Friends, we're talking with Greg Walcher. Greg's a fellow at the Centennial Institute, really one of the most recognized and respected national leaders in natural resource policy. Because it, we can't just talk about the problem, we've got to talk about solutions. But Greg's going to give us an overview of the challenges we're facing here in the Western United States, why water is so important. And this is something you need to be educated on, and it's something that uh, we're, we're trying to lead here at the Centennial Institute, and Greg Walcher is a great help for us on that. Greg, welcome to the program. Thanks, Jeff. Good to be here. And here's another here's another little quote for you. If Samuel Taylor Coleridge uh, had lived in Colorado, he would have written, water, water everywhere, but not here. <laughs> That's true. You know, and as I pointed out in the first segment, a lot of people who live in Denver, Boulder, suburbs, they don't really think about it because you turn on the tap water and uh, you turn on the tap and water comes out and there's, you, you don't, you're not that concerned about it. But I live on a small ranch in Elizabeth. We're on a well out there. We sure uh, we share this aquifer with probably thousands of people and we never know when the water is going to run out. And if you rely on ag or you're in the a sports industry like whitewater rafting you live by water and it's not going so well in the state of colorado give us some history some uh, insight into really why water is so important to the state well it's a, it is a, it is an interesting um, topic that literally underlies everything always and forever in colorado most people know that it's a relatively dry state but i don't think most people sort of remember maybe because we get we get uh, complacent i guess because when we turn on the faucet it comes out but i don't think most people really realize how how scarce water really is in the west and especially here in colorado so here's the way i like to describe it to people just to put it in a, in a big picture context people should understand that although the world is 70 percent water 96 and a half percent of it is too salty for for, for it to be available for human use it's in the oceans so of all the fresh water on earth almost 70 percent of it is locked in ice at the polar ice caps and in glaciers another 30 percent of it is underground you mentioned your well but most of that is deeper underground than is accessible to mankind so literally 0.04 percent that is for one hundredths of one percent is in the form of clouds at any given time that leaves less than one percent of all of the fresh water on Earth that's available for all of the use of plants, animals, and humans in the entire world. Now, of that amount, 80% of it's in the world's major river systems, the Nile, the Amazon, the Yangtze, the Mississippi, the Congo, etc. cetera. Uh, and so the percentage of all of the water, fresh water on Earth that is found west of the Mississippi literally is, is not statistically measurable. The Southwest's only major river, the Colorado, uh, if you look at the list of the 200 biggest rivers in the world, the Colorado isn't even on the list. Hmm. But here within Colorado, it's even more complicated than that. 
because in Colorado, 80% of all of our water comes in the form of snow, right? So it mostly comes in a four-month period. Um, and there are 90 million people in 16 other states that are at least partly dependent on water that originates in Colorado. Ten states and Mexico have legal claims to that water. So Colorado um, isn't even allowed legally to use a large percentage of all the water that it does get. Um, and we don't have enough storage capacity in all of our combined reservoirs in all eight river basins to store the water that we are entitled to under the law. So every year, however scarce water is, even in drought periods and rationing periods, Colorado still loses some of its water downstream because we weren't able to store it. And, and then finally, one last little cruelty that Colorado has to deal with all the time, which is that 80% of its water falls west of the Continental Divide and 80% of its people live on the east side. And so that's why you have, is it the, uh, we, we pipe it over, right? Is that from Dillon Reservoir? Is that where some of it comes from? We have several, we have several trans mountain diversion systems that have allowed the growth of the front range. In particular, the, the Colorado Big Thompson project and the Moffat tunnel that takes water from the headwaters of the Colorado River. Also, Dillon Reservoir, as you mentioned, and the Fry and Pan Arkansas project, which supplies water to Colorado Springs and Pueblo and Aurora and several others on the on the front range. So for, for people on the West Slope, of course, the reality is always the same. We have the water and they want it. Uh, and for people in Denver, the reality is always the same. We never have enough water. So it's a, there's never going to be a time when water isn't the underlying issue uh, in every campaign, in every political argument, in every legislative arena. So the reality is whenever we're talking about water with any federal agency uh, or any other state, it's always Colorado that is threatened. It's the one state that doesn't use its entire entitlement in the Colorado River, for example. So anybody else who wants any other water out of that system, it's always Colorado water they're talking about. And when you go down to the state capitol and, and tour around the state capitol, water is a big deal to the history of the state because if you you see the murals, right? And and water is one of the, the big yes. issues that's covered in a lot of the murals. Can you explain that a little bit to our listeners, Greg? Actually, it's all of the murals that are in the rotunda of our state capitol, which are uh, with the captions of which are a poem known as uh, uh, Where Life is Written in Water. This is a land where life is written in water. It's the only state capital in America, in fact, that has adorned the rotunda of its capital with with uh, artwork that is themed about an issue. Um, and that just tells you how, how vital Colorado was to the people who created this state and nurtured it over the years. Other states put, you know, statues of their great heroes and artwork from famous artists or whatever, but only Colorado has a theme like that that's about an issue that underlies everything. It's like Wayne Aspinall used to say in the West, when you touch water, you touch everything, and it's true. So how do how did we come into all these agreements with these other states? Where did that come from? I even heard that, and this may be true or not true, you're the expert, so correct me, that we have part of the Colorado River agreements with Mexico. So how did we get in with all of these other states, these agreements? Uh, well, yes, the law of the river includes uh, the interstate compact that most people are aware of, which allocates the Colorado River's water among the seven states that depend on it. But also there is a treaty with Mexico, which is entitled to 1.5 million acre-feet a year out of that river. And, and um, it, was a, it was an intense and tough negotiation, but some of Colorado's great leaders in the 1920s 
came together with the other states and agreed on an interstate compact because if they if they hadn't they would have lost all of Colorado's water so they had to do what they had to do to protect our ability to develop some of that water the compact of course was written at a time when the average flow of the river was greater than it is today that's because of, of uh, the lack of public lands management that has allowed this incredible overgrowth in the national forest that zaps much of the water before it ever gets to the river the left would like to blame it on climate change but in fact uh, all that does is divert attention away from their bad management the reality for colorado either way uh, is that we don't have uh, we don't have the ability to develop more water without some kind of a fight with the other states and it's always been that way every single water project colorado ever built was opposed by people in California. Guess why? Because they want their water. <laughs> and, and ours. And, and so... California used more than its entitled share of the river uh, for decades and decades because they were allowed a certain amount of water plus in unused water from the other states. And so they've been using Colorado's water for generations. So we only got a few minutes here. Maybe we can take this over to the next segment. But so, Greg, water starts out as snow and and excuse me i'm just trying to explain this for myself i kind of pride myself on not fully understanding things because i think maybe it helps other people as well but um it starts out as snow it then goes into the colorado river now a certain portion of that water flowing down the colorado river belongs to the state of arizona new mexico california and uh, people can't just pull water out of the Colorado River they want. There's there's an agreement that says a certain amount, a million acres or so of this water flowing down this river belongs to us. You can't touch it. It's got to get all the way to us. Is that how it works? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you just demonstrated that you understand water better than, better than the average bear. Um, so <laughs> congrats on that. But yeah, the interstate compact divides the river. The lower basin states of California, Arizona, and Nevada are entitled to half of its flow, and the other half for the upper basin states of Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico. And within the upper basin, Colorado is entitled to half of that water. So a fourth of the flow of the Colorado River Colorado is legally entitled to. We don't use it all. We don't have the storage capacity to hold it all, but we're entitled to use it, and we're entitled to use it in the future whenever we're ready for it, and to make those judgments among ourselves, to argue among ourselves, however we want to do it. But in reality, we have to fight the federal government every step of the way because they own the reservoir. They own the dams, and so it's the biggest threat to Colorado right now is the Bureau of Reclamation draining Lake Powell. Mm. If If they're allowed to get away with that then the only way to supply the lower basements entitled shares to start draining reservoirs in Colorado. Greg, let's talk about that issue in particular when we come back. Friends, you're listening to Greg Walters, one of the most recognized and respected national leaders in natural resource policy. He's a fellow at the Centennial Institute. He has served in a lot of different capacities. He's the president of the National Resource Group and a member of several other firms. He serves as a senior associate in a global public affairs firm. Uh, He's a policy advisor with the Heartland Institute whole host of things you're talking to really with one of the best experts on water policy and natural resource policy in the country so stick around we're going to talk about what the federal government's doing when we come back you're listening to the frontier freedom hour hosted by the centennial institute at colorado christian university stick around we'll be back in just a few minutes 